Hey, hey, this is TJ Murphy, and thanks for tuning in. This is actually part two of a very special episode of Adventurous Entrepreneurs, where I had the privilege of interviewing one of my mentors, Jim Teese, a man who I have looked up to and admired since I was a high schooler. So if you haven't had the chance to listen to part one, I recommend starting there as we get into some incredible stories and Jim drops a ton of value-packed insights that you do not want to miss. You can find it one episode back on whatever podcast platform you are listening in on. And just a few of the golden takeaways Jim shares in this episode, part two, are how to keep going when things are really hard and dark and bleak, the importance of being uncomfortable, and how to turn an adventure out of a single photo. So without further ado, this is part two of Jim Teese and me. Welcome to the Adventurous Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Murphy. Since quitting my corporate nine to five and starting a business while backpacking through Asia back in early 2017, I've had the privilege of learning from some incredibly adventurous entrepreneurs. Through these conversations and my own journey, I've learned that much like in life, entrepreneurship is an adventure. On this podcast, I explore the journeys of top performing leaders in their fields. These wide ranging conversations include tactical business advice, how I built this insights, lessons in leadership, life hacks, travel stories, favorite hobbies, and insights into living a purposeful and joy-filled life. Adventures await us. So let's dive in. So one thing that you and I talked about briefly leading up to this conversation was your mission to inspire and support the next generation of business leaders in Southern Oregon and around the world. So I'm hoping that this next question will help spark a discussion about the skills and the mindset that are necessary for entrepreneurship and can provide some valuable insights for people into what it takes. So what do you think are the most important qualities or characteristics that aspiring entrepreneurs should cultivate in order to succeed? Yeah, I think, you know, a a key ingredient of a lot of successful entrepreneurs I, I, I've found over the years is tenacity. Yeah. Um, the, the ability to keep going when things are really hard and dark and bleak and never giving up on yourself. Now, you may be told by outside forces, outside of your control, you know, you could get fired by a key client, right? That's kind of like, oh, I didn't give up. I just got fired because I sucked at, at whatever they asked me to do. So, but tenacity, don't give up. So many businesses fail because reality kicked in and I had to go get a real job. You know, I got a family commitment. I've got, there's so many reasons why we give up. Um, It's tiring, it's hard. I watched watched a video and the guy made it sound really easy. I could drop ship and make millions, you know, whatever, whatever that is, whatever it is, life is hard. Being an entrepreneur is harder. It's hard. It's really, really hard. And I, one thing I wish they would teach you in school is it's okay to be hard. It's okay for life to be hard. It's not supposed to be easy. It literally is supposed to be hard. And we have to be strong and we have to be tenacious and we have to be dedicated to get through the hard. You know, um, one of the stories I tell my students is, is uh, uh, they built this in the desert. They built this future world they were trying to practice and and learn um uh about life on mars and so they encased glass and they put 
trees inside and they put humans and they made it an experiment and they were supposed to live in this place um and that would be like what it's like to live on mars and we'll learn and scientific and and all of that and what they realized were the trees were dying inside the trees were dying and why do the trees die because they weren't growing their roots like a normal tree why weren't they growing their roots because there was no wind it was so controlled and so exact there was no outside pressure forcing the tree to be stronger forcing the tree to put deeper roots down because we protected the environment. And comfort is the enemy of greatness. That's one of the things that I say. And we work really, really hard to make ourselves comfortable, really hard. It's human nature, yeah. roof over the head, nice bed to sleep in, whatever it is. We work really hard to make ourselves comfortable. Well, that comfort eventually may come to stop us, right? So a key in a key uh, message for the entrepreneur, a key thing, trait would be <clears throat> always seek to be uncomfortable. Always learn. Not knowing something is uncomfortable. Being a person that says, you know, I don't know the answer to that, but let me find out. Let me go and, and uh, research that and find out. That's important. Um, I, so many entrepreneurs I meet think they know the answer and you don't. You can't. I'm sorry, you just can't. You may have confidence. Good job. You just, you have confidence, really high confidence, but it doesn't mean that you know the answer. Um, knowing who you are when adversity hits, when there's a problem, you get fired by a client, um, you get held your feet to the fire because your employees did something inappropriate or downright wrong. Uh, knowing who you are and how you're going to handle that, that's just as important. Um Key missing trait I find in so many businesses and entrepreneurs over the years, and I've watched this with myself, I've watched this, and I've watched it with so many other businesses that have, have um, I, I've been in contact with, is a lack of understanding the fundamentals of business, the lack of understanding finances, the lack of understanding marketing, the lack of understanding um, customer service and care. Because we're really good at the thing, right? Like I said, I could, I almost bought a brewery. Why? Because I could make really good beer. But you can't just be somebody that's a chef and have a, an amazing restaurant. You have to understand how to take care of your employees, how to hire and fire, how to manage your cash flow, how to do, you know. And so you'll see amazing people with amazing skills fail at business. Yeah. And it's because I think those fundamentals aren't there. So I wish there was a way for small business owners to get constant, continuous drips of knowledge about the fundamentals, because we can learn the, the innovation. We can, we can go out and innovate, but business can't operate without fundamentals. It just can't. That's why I got on the People's Bank Board. I got on the board um, six or seven years ago, I forget now, because I realized so many businesses I work with uh, aren't bankable, and they were you know, it's like, wait, how come they're not bankable? How come they, how come it's what, what is that missing ingredient with an entrepreneur and understanding risk and understanding finances? Um, you know, what's perfect. And you're realizing this from this interview, my brain is all over the place that what's Beautiful perfect. <laughs> well, what's perfect about the business that you are in and that I am in for that mind is that we get to work with a plethora of clients. Yeah. Right. And 
they're all in different industries. They're all in different places in life. Some are near to retirement. Some are just starting out. And I love that. I love working with entrepreneurs because we're not all cut from the same cloth. We're all just crazy enough to think that we can do this. And sometimes it fails and that's okay. Failure is reality. It's a part of it. It's reality. You've got to be comfortable failing. Otherwise you're going to give up before, you know, that key client leaves and you, you throw in the towel, but you were just a week away from landing an even bigger client. Exactly. You just, you just don't know. And I love that. There's such inspirational stories out there about uh, famous people who are like calling their mom and saying, I just can't do this. I I'm not getting the role I want, or I didn't get the client I want. And then, yeah, two weeks later, because they didn't get distracted by that other client, they went and found a bigger, better client. I mean, it's just, we can't predict how life is going to take us on the journeys that we're going to go on. Um, The wind is going to blow in many, many directions. (laughs) Our roots roots need to settle in for the long haul to really make things happen. Yeah, we need need tension in our lives in order to make us stronger. We really do. I think the other thing, uh, trait-wise, is you know, we've got to suck less. Um, so much of, of our lives are dealing with technology and computers. And you know, and I know that a lot of that time is wasted because the software sucks or yeah. the, the technology integrations suck or the organization that has all these rules that we're trying to connect with and do things with, they suck. And so one of my mantras uh, for the last decade or so has been, we've got to suck less, including myself, including my organizations. Where is it broken? Let's fix it. Because we all know things suck. Let's suck less. Let's figure out where it's broken and improve it. Continuous improvement is important. Um, you know, and I already shared comfort is the enemy of greatness. You've got to get away from that m- mentality that all I have to do is get myself comfortable and then I'm done. You're not done. Um, you kind of have a responsibility to keep going. You have a responsibility to do more so that you can help more people. Yeah. That's how I look at it. No, hundred percent. That was, that was a big mindset shift for me over the last year is just, I mean, I got to a point where, you know, we're making good money, things are comfortable, but I'm not pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. I'm not going and speaking. I'm not teaching. I'm not creating video content i'm not doing all these things that are not natural for me and will be uncomfortable and there will be pain there but only through that pain will i get to the next level and will i be able to make an impact for more people and serve better and provide better for my wife and and my future kids all of that stuff you've got to do something uncomfortable every day even if it's small yeah. And it's, uh, you know, meeting strangers for me is uncomfortable or speaking to yeah. a big group of people. Yeah. Teaching a class at a university when I myself don't have a degree was very uncomfortable in the beginning. And I made sure up front that they knew that. Um, so, so, uh, but yet the, you know, the testimonials I would get at the end of each class was why aren't all of our classes taught this way? Yeah. Um, so yeah, get, get uncomfortable. Because it does, uh, it does enable growth. It does, and it's important. As an entrepreneur, you've you've got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. 
And you mentioned software and things changing or sucking super bad. <laughs> Do you have any predictions? I mean, you're you're entrenched in the software space. So specific to the future of software, websites or apps in relation to what you're doing at Project Day. What do you see on the horizon or are there any trends in technology that you think people should be paying close attention to? That yeah. May, may not yeah, be aware. Yeah. So, yeah, so I you know, if you look at each of my companies, they each tend to be trends based. Uh, Project A writes e-commerce solutions for clients all over the world, and so they will adopt and use and we're platform agnostic. Our clients will help us um, and will help our clients pick the platform that meets their needs and, and their growth. And so I guess over the 30 plus years of that business, I, I, I'd come to say that that it always changes and it always blows my mind how much money and, uh, and effort is spent on one platform. And then literally a new leader will walk in and say, well, that's crap. We're just changing. Switch it, it up. <laughs> Switch it up. Yeah. And you have to be okay with that. You, if you want to keep playing, if you want to keep being um, a, a part of their journey, you have to be okay with that. So, so yeah, I, I think some of the key things that I'm focused on right now would have to do more on the security side. So we're asked to build websites, whether it's for Doc Martens or McMinimins or a local mom and pop shop, it doesn't matter. We're asked to build a website that meets whatever their need is, the organization's need is, to interface and do more business online, to work with their customers. That sounds like then what you do tends to be organized in a visual way to help customers interact with data and make decisions, making a purchase or buying tickets or whatever it is. And in reality, a big part of that conversation is security. We're held to certain standards and we need to be better at adopting new standards because the consumers and society are getting overrun, overwhelmed, overtaken by these fraudsters. Yep. Using uh, using the technology that you and I built our entire careers and our entire life on, bad actors are out there using that same stuff to take advantage yeah. of our clients and their customers, right? I shared the story of Morgan. That's just scratching the surface. It's literally just scratching the surface. And that's just right here in Ashland. Uh, SOU was taken uh, for a million nine uh, by an email. Uh, fraud, fraudulent email. Well, you and I send emails all the time. We help our clients send millions and millions of emails. Yeah. We're part of, we're not the problem. We're not part of the problem. We're part of the technology that's used by the troublemakers, by the bad actors. So I think, you know, when you're saying, well, what's the, what's the trend? I think the trend is you and I and the organizations that we represent and the work that we do have to take ownership, how to add security trust back into the tools we use because we're saying we need those tools to do the job we do yeah. you can't just depend on the vendor we can't that doesn't solve the problem it's about educating the end users what is a legitimate email from us we will never ask you for this we you know so our job isn't just market our job is to educate and ensure that our future is is stays intact because we're using this technology. And I don't care what you use to send out your emails today. It's going to be a different email sending engine tomorrow or the next client. So the technology isn't as, you know, stay agnostic. That's what I would, 
I would offer to you and all of your uh, listeners out there. What do we call podcasters? Listeners, viewers, listeners, viewers, listeners on YouTube too. So on the tube, on the tube. Now, I think that's that's a really good point because, man, these fraudsters are getting more and more sophisticated, more and more common. Like even small, seemingly small stuff. Like all of my clients now are getting hit with these ownership requests for their Google My Business profiles. Exactly. And they I've been like I literally got three this week from clients like, hey, what is this? Like I don't recognize this person. I'm like, yeah, don't don't accept that. Hit the reject button. This is really common right now. There's people that are gonna try to get ownership of your GMB and then they're gonna ransom it back to you. Yeah. Or sell, you yeah. know, they're getting paid by a competitor maybe in some cases. There's there's all kinds of terrible situations out there. Yeah. yeah. And that's we're really hitting mean. the small business community. Yeah. No, even big businesses. I mean, yeah, it, is, it, it is so big. It's such a big problem that you and I as service providers using this technology to enable us to do our chosen career path are basically using the same technology that the, the evildoers or the bad actors are using. So we kind of have to figure that out. Like, how do we educate our customers and then they educate their customers? What trust me? How do you how do you create trust? in the relationship that we're using technology to do. We've allowed technology into every single facet of our yeah. lives, into all of it. There isn't, you know, um, uh, well, I was, I would speak to a group of students in college or in high school. And then I said, so I'm not a nerd like you. I'm not good with computers. I do TikTok or I do Instagram. Um, what career should I get into? And so I said, I don't care what career it is. You want to be a dentist? You want to, uh, what, it doesn't matter anymore. Technology is interwoven itself into absolutely every single thing that we do. And we've got to figure this out. And it's going to be, I think, up to people like you and me to help our customers figure it out. So I think that's a key thing. Security is a key thing. We're going to have to, 20, 2023, the year of security, we're going to have to figure it out. Yep. 100%. So as we wrap up here, Jim, I have a choose your own adventure question for you. So you can pick which one you'd like to answer or both if you so desire. Okay. But question one is what's your favorite place that you visited in the last five years? Or number two, what is a recent adventure that you've gone on uh, with Dina, with the kids or by yourself even for business? And in either case, what was it like? What made it so memorable? What was your favorite meal or, or beer that you had there? Give us the details. Gosh. Well, this is where you're going to find out that I'm a boring person. So because since COVID, so I used to travel all the time. One of my, my number one client is Dr. Martin's uh, based out of the UK. And I would go out there once or twice a year. And I would hub from there, meaning I would go in for my meetings. And I'm very, again, you know, I... I go deep. So I'm all about yep. meetings. And, but, but if the, if the week spanned a weekend, then I would do what I call wandering and I would just get on the train and go somewhere. So one time I was in Germany, I was in Italy. So, and I am old. So some of my stories blend a little bit, but it was, it was Germany. So I don't know if this counts, but I'll share the story. I was here, I was here in Ashland at an auction. A lot of times the nonprofits hold auctions and sell stuff and you buy it and it helps them. And somebody was selling a beautiful photograph of the black forest in Germany. 
that's a neat little photograph. I'll buy it. Yeah. And so I won the bidding on that one and I proudly brought it home and hung it up in my bedroom and said, someday I'm going to go where, whatever this is, beautiful photograph of the black forest in Germany. And I've never been to Germany and, and so on. Well, because of work and clients and, and I've got, for whatever reason, um, shoe companies really like me. Um, I was asked to go to Germany and I was working out there. I went three times, I think. And I thought, I wonder if I can find where this photograph was taken. No, you know, it's just me. I'm just a nerd on a train using Google, trying to find where this photograph was taken. Some detective work. A lot of, yeah. It would actually it'd be sad if you knew how many hours it took me to do it. <laughs> All it said on the photograph, it was a photograph of the forest in Germany. It said Black yeah. Forest, Germany. So I just started Google looking there. And there was a little church spire. And I thought, oh, okay, well, there can't be too many towns with church spires. No, it's Europe. Every town has a church spire. Every town, yep. So uh, anyways, I thought I figured it out by looking at Google. I planned my little adventure out and um, went and took a train to this little town that I thought this, this might be it. And I can tell you, it was, I saw that I saw the forest. I got off the train. I saw the forest. I saw the church spire. I'm like, this might be it. And I ran through the forest. I wanted to get to the church spire. I wanted to get to where that photograph was taken and then take my own version of that photograph yeah. and see if it was just as beautiful. And, um, and so, yeah, it was total nerd fun. I, if you could picture nerdy Jim running through a forest, finding the church. So stoked. It, <laughs> I, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. And I found it. I found the bridge where the photo was taken and I took the exact same photo, had the one on my phone and then I lined it up and I got that. And then I called Dina and I was so excited and I called her and she said, that's great. It's three o'clock in the morning, you idiot. And so. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, she, she, yeah, sorry. I didn't have anybody else to share it with. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, kind of, I, I look back at it and think that is just silly, but yeah. No, I, that is, that is the epitome of an adventure right there. It was I fun. love that. Yeah. Uh, it was a Tubingen is the name of, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but the name of the town. And um yeah so a lot of fun and then as as life and and the the town the village was this medieval village and i spent the whole day there wandered around drank a lot of german beer it was awesome and but the village was so cool i was like i would have never discovered this little village if it weren't for that photograph and for my desire to find the place that it was taken and come to find out it's a university town and um uh, an ashland um person uh, transferred to that university in that little village. No way. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just oh, wow. love small world stuff like that. So, yeah. I guess that would be one of the adventures that I. Oh, that is that is a great story. I love it. Thank I, you for sharing. Yeah, I do a lot of that um, wandering. Is what I call it. There's no purpose. Yeah. I just wander. Um, I guess there was a purpose to find that place. Uh, went to France for the day once. Um, uh, that was a crazy, crazy adventure because it was ridiculous that I had done that. But um, so did that. Nobody would help me. No ATM. No, no. <laughs> this was this was decades ago. OK, uh, but yeah, that was crazy. 
Yeah. I mean, wandering, whether you have a purpose, like finding that exact place where the photo was taken or just jumping on a train and, and seeing where the day takes you. I mean, that's for me when I've stumbled onto some of the greatest adventures of my life, not really having a an itinerary or a clear plan or idea, just going out and trying to experience everything, the sights, the smells, the people. Yeah. You know, find yourself in some really cool situations when you plan less and just let the day take. Yeah. You. Or just, just be open to opening a door and seeing where it goes. I was yeah. in, I go to, I go to London a lot. Um, and I go the, the shoe factory isn't in London. It's outside. And uh, so I'm on the train, I get off the train, I uh, waiting for the client to pick me up. And there's a door of this small building there. And I don't know why I just opened it up to see what was behind the door. And it was a pub, a tiny mm. pub, the room was probably 10 feet by 10 feet. And there's couple of chairs so it's kind of i don't know if you've been to mcminimins the shed oh, yeah. style so it was a train and i took pictures i met people i mean it was so much fun and i was waiting for the client to pick me up the client picks me up and then like oh sorry for the delay i'm like no i just had the greatest time <laughs> in that 20 minutes i was in this pub and they're like what pub i said there's a pub in there and the pub the 10 foot by 10 foot storage room used yeah. to be where they stored hand hand grenades not for the war, but before radios, the trains would travel and the uh, the person on the train would throw a hand grenade out a mile away so that if you when you heard that, you knew the train was coming. Oh and my they, gosh. Yeah, it's the craziest thing. Wow. But now it's this little train depot. And I told everybody at the company. And they're like, what pub are you talking about? So even in their own town, in their own yeah. train station that they all use every day to go to work, they don't even open the door to see what's behind it. So there's there's a, a thing. I'm not awesome like you guys in traveling the world doing that, but I am not afraid to open doors and seeing what's behind it. It's a beautiful thing. Um, so I do want to bring up one more thing because you alluded to it at the beginning of the episode. So moving towards retirement, whatever that's going to mean for Jim Tease, but what is your your plan what you're going to be going deep into something next what is it yeah it's a man it's a good one you're really good at this so i think that the um you know i call it aging out and uh when with with dina and i losing both of our moms this year you kind of that's a wake-up call to your own mortality and your own timeline on earth and so you wonder you know, what, how am I going to spend the next whatever number of years we have? And as you and I know, parents of Quinn's and Teague's, my son and daughter's um, friends, their parents are starting to have heart attacks and die or whatever, right? They, people die all the time, yeah. but it's starting to get closer and closer to home. So not to be morbid, but the point is we all have a limited amount of time on this, on this planet. So what am I going to do as, uh, so I'm getting everything in a place where they can continue to run. I'm getting everything in place where I can continue, the work can continue, even if I wasn't around. So that's kind of just a normal, get your ducks, get your affairs in order kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then I'm intentionally spending my time um, with different nonprofits that need me, need me and the skills that I bring for a short period of time and doing what I can to help them, like I said, build buildings or 
get some of the drama out um, of their organization and, and so on. Um, and um, so I'm intentionally doing that. And then I am, uh, Dean and I started the Jim T's Dina Matthews Family Foundation. And we did that last year. And our intent there is to help Tegan Quinn, our kids, understand where we give and why we give. Not that they have to continue the the where, but hopefully the why, you know. So we're trying to instill in them um, and and putting some money into that foundation, the ability for that to continue once we're gone. Yeah. And so so that's intentional. And so we're doing that. And then I started to think, okay, if I slow down and, and I need to do less, and I do, I, I can tell you aging is a is hard on the body. Um, so I do have to slow down. I used to be able to go all the way till midnight. Can't do that anymore. Um, and so it, within the last year, 11 o'clock now is the new midnight for me. And it's heartbreaking because <laughs> I just lost an hour of every day. Uh, when I was 12, I had this idea and I don't know where it came from. I don't, I can't remember the exact, but I call it goof nuts. And the idea back then was I was realizing and, and, um, a lot of the kids I hung out with weren't allowed to be goofy and I'm pretty goofy. I'm probably one of the most immature people I know. And, and they weren't allowed to be goofy because they had career paths they had to choose. They had college they had to get ready for. They had, they, <clears throat> they were children on a mission to be successful adults. And I didn't have that, right? That, that was, I was just going to go to work. My mom never said, become a successful adult. Um, she just said, you're going to get a job. I'm like, yes, of course, I'm going to get a job. So um, goof nuts was this idea of, play for play's purpose not play because it's going to make you smarter or play because you're going to just play just be goofy just have fun yeah and i always wanted children i was the oldest i was the one that was um, helping my mom take care of the my siblings but one by one my younger siblings went and got married and had kids before i did and I was like, wait, how is this happening? I was the one wanting kids. I was the one that want, I needed people at my uh, level so I can play with them. And and they were having the kids. So as they were having children, I would uh, create clothes for the kids called goof nuts. And again, the idea of, of helping the parent understand, even I'm against, against is the wrong word. I'm not a fan of battery powered toys for kids. Um, uh, not for environmental reasons or, you know, all these highfalutin reasons. I just want imagination to be a key component of a childhood's ability to play. If the battery, and I saw this in, in firsthand with my nephews and nieces, if the battery stopped working, the toy was broken. No, not at all. And so I made sure that whenever a gift came for me, it was not battery powered. It was fun. It was goofy. It made usually my um, siblings, spouse, anxious, like, oh, crazy Uncle Jim is my, I am crazy. <laughs> what did he bring this of, time? <laughs> to all of my nephews and nieces, to, to on Dina's side, it doesn't matter. Uh, my nickname is crazy Uncle Jim. They just, it's the craziest thing. I don't, it just stuck. I don't know how it happened. 
but um anyways so goof nuts is a brand that has lived there for many many years in, in dormancy because as you grow up you realize you can't do that you have to go get a real job and do real things well now as i'm um moving to the next chapter um goof nuts is going to come back and uh yeah so i'm pretty excited about it i've got a brand i've got uh you know, I like I said earlier, I go all in. Um, I'm making a clothing line, T-shirts, and I bought a robot um, that makes the T-shirt, does the printing, and I'm that's what I do in my spare time on the weekends as I go and um, try different designs on different shirts, um, give them out, and see if I can encourage fun um, and being goofy. That's all I want. I just want people to just be, and kids mostly just go out there and have fun just normal make-believe imaginary make no sense fun um i love that so much jim i'm i'm a naturally goofy guy you can ask my wife sometimes it's to the extreme and i got it from my i got it from my dad for sure i mean he was always i mean from reading to me and acting it out to playing these imaginary games with hands and sock puppets to building a fort and making my own world out in the backyard where I could go escape to like that. That was my childhood. And those are the fondest memories. And it really shaped my personality and, and who I am to this day. And I agree. I mean, so often you see kids that are just, they've got the iPad and that's, that is what they're playing with oh, at yeah. the time. And man, I think that's, that's a huge, huge risk because yeah. I feel like the imagination and the free play and just being able to think creatively, that was all formed from those younger years where I wasn't totally glued to a screen. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, don't get me wrong. I love uh, video games. I do. Me too. I, yeah. I, Nothing you know, against I, it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I do. All I'm a gamer. Stuff. But at the same time, now that I'm a grandpa, you know, I look at, I look at, um, my grandsons and even though teague is really good about not giving them screen time they still are really good about finding that phone yeah and going, and going to the tube yeah. and um and so i worry about the future i was even not even you, you took it to the next level i was just talking about you know um the kind of toys that kids play with um like I've got a Jar Jar Binks around here somewhere and it doesn't have batteries. It's just, you play with yeah. it and you make the voice and have fun with it. Yeah. I was, uh, I loved Legos and Lincoln Longs. Yeah. Those, those yeah. are my jam. But you're exactly right. The next level of challenge that we're going to have is, is the computer in your hand is so powerful and so strong and so addicting that it's going to be hard, harder for non-technology based play because it's 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 unbelievable what you can do on this thing in your hand now yeah um and, and what these possibilities that's just it's so exciting but at the same time we need to realize we have a responsibility on the delivery side to to not over addict these kids so that that's all screen time i was in sisters i know you got to close this but i was no, in no, sisters oregon having a nice beer enjoying the town just relaxing and uh, and I look over across from me, and there is a grandma that just showed up to to see the grandbaby, her daughter and the granddaughter. 
the daughter who was in her 20s, I'm going to just make this up. I don't really know. In her 20s. And the daughter who was maybe six or five were both the entire time looking at their own individual phones, both. Yeah. And grandmother just sat there, my age, just sat there watching them both slowly shaking her head like, wow, this is a problem. And we don't see it because we're addicted to it. We don't, you know, if you talk to somebody that's addicted to drugs or addicted to whatever they're addicted to, they don't see that problem. So if you're grandma and you're sitting there and you're watching this, you're shaking your head going, yeah, this is a problem. There's nothing we can do about it. I don't know what to do about it, but I worry about it. Um, and, and, you know, it's going to be something that we're all going to have to deal with decades from now. That's when the real impact comes from it, I think. Yeah, when you true. don't have that creativity, when you're having to be spoon-fed um, um, the creativity, you're not creating the creativity in your yourself. Yeah. You're, you're, you have to turn it on to get it. The, the AI is the creativity. Yeah, and you rely on that almost yeah. exclusively. Yeah. So that's gonna that's gonna be something that we need to work through as a society. Um, but I'm not trying to solve that one. I'm just working on play. Yeah. Let someone else take care of that. One. Yeah. Somebody else <laughs> gonna have to figure that one yeah. out. I just. I just think that that's my, my, you know, and I'll keep the business journal going. I love writing. I love entrepreneur meeting entrepreneurs and sharing their stories. So I'll keep the business journal going. I think I'll do that. Um, and all the companies are going to keep going. Okay. I just may not be the one running them day to day um, like I do now, but, but that's, that's many years from now. I'm actively um, looking at expanding and doing uh, even, even more businesses, I can't give it away, but um, there's there's some leave, leave a teaser for for next leave a, te episode. Leave it a teaser out there. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> awesome, Jim. Well, as we wrap up, what ask, challenge, or parting advice do you have for the audience? Um, before I ask where people can find you online, socials, all that fun stuff. Uh, yeah, just uh, jimtees.com is probably the best place to start. Um, I've made that convenient um, pre-COVID. I did a lot of speaking. And so that was a place where you'd go and find out how to book me for speaking engagements post COVID. Those days are gone. I'm not doing that um, as much anymore. Now I just want to create a, a resource for others to learn from. So that's what jimtees.com is. And it's literally just links to all of my companies and all the boards I serve on. There's no, I'm not trying to sell anything yet. Um, someday there will be a, a comic book that I'll be coming back on your podcast and asking people to go, Awesome. Come buy my comic book series. Oh, I cannot uh, wait. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I think parting wisdom would be to hopefully um, this hour plus uh, that we spent together was worth your time and that you take yeah. away one tidbit. And that would be um, to figure out how to make giving back to your community part of your organization's DNA. Just, just make it part of it. Um, that would be awesome if we could all figure out how to do that. If we could all figure out how to give back as a normal process of our business. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And we'll put links to everything in the show notes for everyone listening. And I just want to say thank you, Jim, uh, for coming on the show. This has been a privilege. And I know I speak for so many people out there when I say that all of your hard work and dedication to serving others, especially in my hometown of Ashland and the Southern Oregon community, 
is truly, truly appreciated. You are shining the light for future generations of entrepreneurs and just people that have limitless imagination and want to go out and do great things in the world. So I'm grateful to know you and look forward to continuing to follow your journey. So thanks again for joining me, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And I, I, I want you to know, I'm proud of you and everything that you're doing. You know, I kind of watch it from the far and uh, I just love it. I love seeing what you're doing and how you're doing it and just keep going. I'm just proud of you. And, and, you know, it's not about pigeonholing you into, are you a millennial or are you Gen X or are you whatever it's you're the next generation. You're, you're where I was 30 years ago. And I mean, you're further along than I was 30 years ago. I'll tell you that. <laughs> But just go, keep going, stay tenacious and, and stay uncomfortable. I, I really am proud of you. So keep going. That means the world to me, man. So thank you. And until next time, I think we're going to have some more stuff to talk about in the future. But thanks again. To all of our adventurous listeners, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Please be sure to subscribe, download, and share this on social media or with someone you know will get some value from it. Leaving a review goes a long way in helping people find the show. And I personally appreciate reading them when they come in. So please go drop one if you have the time. We'll see you all next week. And remember, whether we're talking about business or the things that bring us joy outside of work, life is meant for exploring. So go out there and live it one adventure at a time.